that's my claim to fame that I was a, a Cubs baseball player back in the uh, early 2000s. Welcome to episode number two of Single Dad, Sober Dad. Today, we're coming from beautiful downtown Beloit, Wisconsin at the Rock Tech Studios. And I just want to say, I hope everybody's having a good day or evening or morning or whenever you're listening to the podcast. Um, it is a brisk 45 degrees out today here in Beloit, and hopefully spring will be upon us soon. So today's episode is titled Sober at a Cubs Game. I don't think so. Uh, and we'll jump into the episode shortly. But I did want to share a, a story, a, a, in my world, a funny story. Um, this is a few nights ago. And my five-year-old, she goes to bed somewhat early, which is nice, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock at the latest. And the bad part about that is she tends to get up early. And, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping soundly in my bed and you know, all of a sudden, you know, you know how you get that feeling that there's somebody in the room, even though you're sleeping. And I open my eyes, and there is my five-year-old about two inches from my face. And she says, Daddy, I'm up. Daddy, I'm up. And I said, yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that. Good morning. Good morning. And she's like, good morning. And for whatever reason, I fell asleep with uh, ESPN on the night before. And, you know, it was, like I said, about 6, 6.15 in the morning. And, you know, we're watching a little TV for the first few minutes. And all of a sudden, a KFC commercial comes on. And, you know, they show the, the chicken and the coleslaw and the mashed potatoes or whatever else. And my five-year-old daughter turns to me and probably the most serious voice and look she's ever had and says, Daddy, that looks delicious. And I looked at her and a, a tear of pride almost came to my, my eye because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of some, of some KFC, you know, some fried chicken. And for my five-year-old to say that at 6.15 in the morning, uh, it, it made me laugh. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just those little things in life that I've learned to appreciate uh, being a you know single parent and you know just as a parent in general, I'm sure most of you have had those moments where you're just like, where in the hell does that come from? Kind of moments, and you know, for her to say at 6:15 in the morning, um, you know, KFC looks delicious. It uh, it made me laugh. And the one question that I did have for myself is, why the heck is ESPN doing KFC commercials at 6:15 in the morning? But Apparently, it appealed to the, the younger demographic, the, the five-year-old <laughs> demographic. So anyway, uh, getting on with today's episode, sober to Cubs game? I don't think so. So a little bit of background uh, as far as where this episode's going to go. Uh, when I was driving up to rehab, there, it's about a five-and-a-half-hour drive, and I remember that the, one of the first things I thought of was how in the hell am I going to have any fun at the Cubs game? Um, a little side note, I was a season ticket holder for seven, eight years when I lived downtown Chicago, and then I gave those up when I moved back um, to the northern Illinois area. Um, but 
Needless to say, I had many, many, many interesting times as a as an alcoholic that would go to Cubs games uh, on a somewhat regular basis. I had a uh, nights, evenings, and weekend package. So as you can probably see, most of my weekends that the Cubs were in town, I was at uh, Wrigley Field enjoying multiple, multiple beverages with friends. And uh, it was it was quite a interesting run. And I say interesting, I, I don't say it was great or it was terrible or whatnot. It was it was interesting. And looking back at it now, I I, I I, I'm not embarrassed by my past because, quite frankly, I don't live in that neighborhood anymore, so to speak. But if you if you're truly taking an internal look at yourself and and looking at some of the things that you did, you probably will say to yourself, "Are you effing kidding me? You did that, or you did this?" I mean, a, a typical Saturday uh, back in the day, and I don't want to relive the glory day, so to speak. But I'm just I'm just trying to set the the foundation for for where we're going here. Um, typical Saturday, you know, nice sunny Saturday afternoon consists of friends coming in from either out of town or my Chicago buddies. We'd get on the brown line, switch to the red line. If you guys are familiar with Chicago, uh, that's the, the L tracks. Um, and we'd get dropped off right there at Clark and Addison. And then we'd start our day. And usually the day started early, uh, you know, pre-gaming. Uh, the games usually on the weekends were 120 starts, so we'd more than likely be at either Sports Corner or uh, Sluggers or Casey Moran's or one of the 1,600 different establishments down there. And the festivities started usually, like I said, 10, 10.30 or so, and it was nonstop every game. Um you know, even even to this day, I, I remember you know getting getting up the following morning and telling myself, "Oh my gosh, there is no way I am drinking at the Cubs game today. I just I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it." But sure enough, even after a rough Friday night, I'd get up Saturday morning, get on the L with my buddies, and start all over again. And, you know, the, the thing about uh, alcoholism, and somebody asked me this or told me this a long time ago, is that uh, one of the questions was, uh, has there been a time where you didn't want to drink, but you still did? And, and that was me quite a bit, not just at the Cubs games, but, um, you know, just on a Wednesday night or a Monday morning or whatever it was. Um, and that, that kind of hit me pretty close because that's pretty much what I did most of the time, uh, especially, you know, during baseball season, I was usually pretty hungover on the weekends, but I had to get up and get to the Cubs game with my friends. And, you know, as most of you know, that it hopefully made it to Wrigley Field. It, it is the world's biggest beer garden. It's a, it's a fun time. And uh, a lot of people are there to socialize, have a good time. And some of the people there are actually there to, to watch the game. And I was kind of a mix, you know. I've been a Cubs fan for for all my life, and um, so I was into the game. But at the same time, you know, I was uh, into drinking beers and and hanging out and being social with people and whatnot. And you know, I'd catch a few innings, and then I'd have to use the restroom. Which back in the day, when the restrooms were 
you know, like a two-hour journey just to get there. Um, most of my time was spent either there or walking back to the concession stand to grab three or four, you know, eight, nine dollar uh, old styles. And eight, nine dollars, that's probably uh, inflation adjusted for a day is probably $15. But uh, anyway, so, you know, I'd do that and come back to my seat and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And, you know, back back in the day, I used to know the, um, you know, the, the vendors by name and, uh, hey, what's up, Harry? Hey, Steve. Hey. And, you know, they would crack open the old styles for us without even asking how many we need and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, after the game, we'd carry on and we'd go into the bars that were jam-packed with 35, 40,000 other people that just got done having a great day. And, uh, you know, after those festivities, we may or may not grab something to eat. And I always remember that I used to tell my, my friends that, you know, eating, that, that's a waste of time. And I don't have any time for that. Give me another, give me another beer, would you please? And, uh, you know, that obviously is probably red flag number 6,287 of uh, alcoholism. But um, after we spent time in Wrigleyville, we'd, you know, either head you know, somewhere in Lincoln Park or uh, maybe somewhere down on the Gold Coast and whatnot and finish up the evening there. And, you know, if, if you're doing the math, if you, if you start drinking at 10.30 a.m. and you make it till 2, so you're looking at what is that, 16 hours roughly, 15, 16, 15 hours of just nonstop drinking and partying. And this went on for, for years and years and years and years. Um, and, you know, I, uh, let's face it. I mean, being an alcoholic isn't any fun, but I'm going to tell you one thing that I had, I had some great, great times back in those days. And, but it, it was the progression of the drinking that, you know, really kind of got its base, um, you know, when I was living in Chicago. But, you know, there, there, is, there is one funny story that I have to tell because it's, it's pretty damn, it's pretty damn funny. Um, so a friend of mine, she was dating uh, an up-and-coming first baseman in the Cubs organization, and he got called up to to the big leagues one uh, one weekend. And after the game, it was uh, me and her and the guy she was dating and a couple of other uh, Cubs players, one being a very, very prominent starting pitcher for the Cubs back in the you know the early 2000s. And the other being a pretty prominent relief pitcher. So essentially, I, it was the, the five of us uh, went out after a game, and we walked into a bar, and of course the, the bartender, the bar owner, recognized the, the two prominent Cubs players, not so much the up-and-coming uh, minor leaguer that just got called up, and then my friend and myself. And they said, oh, you know, which table do you want and whatever else. So we got put back into a corner and uh, probably about a half hour, 45 minutes while we were sitting there. Um, you know, these two extremely attractive women came up to our table and they glanced around and it was kind of a, a U-shaped booth. And they went from left to right and looked and looked and looked and they finally got to me at the very end and said, 
you play for the Cubs, right? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, let's, you know, let's kind of keep that on the down low. We don't want to get a lot of attention over here. And the two, the two girls said, well, can we get your autograph? And I said, sure, no problem. And I scribbled something, not my name, obviously, but just literally scribbled on one was a napkin, I remember. And uh, the one girl, I think, gave me like an ATM receipt, if I remember right. And they walked away and they gave me a hug and a kiss. And the two prominent Cubs players looked at me and they said, are you effing kidding me? We've known you for 45 minutes and you're already getting autographs before anybody even talks to us. And we all had a great laugh with that. But that's uh, that's my claim to fame that I was a, a Cubs baseball player back in the uh, early 2000s. So if those girls still have those autographs, uh, you hopefully you held on to them and they might be worth, uh, you know, point zero 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 one percent of one cent. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so the flip side of of that is, you know, being a sober parent, uh, just being a parent in general, going to uh, baseball games or whether it's football games, basketball games, uh, any type of sporting event, uh, you know, now, now I'm a present person. I enjoy getting up and knowing that I'm going to the ballpark with my kids. Um, before, I used to dread it, to be honest. I, I really didn't like going because I knew I couldn't drink because I never drank in front of my kids. And it was it was not going to be a pleasurable day because I didn't get to drink while I was at the ball game or the football game or the basketball game. And, you know, that's a that's an alcoholic right there that is so selfish about not being able to drink at a sporting event because, God forbid, he has to be present and, you know, hang out with his kids and. Uh, you know, explain things to them about, you know, hey, the scoreboard, you know what that says? That's a hit, a run, an error. Or, you know, if you're looking at uh, the basketball scoreboard, oh, that's how many rebounds they have or how many assists this player has. I mean, just the little things that you should want to do with your kids was a complete burden on my end. Um, and I, and to be honest, I, I rarely, I rarely took my kids to sporting events because I knew that it wasn't going to be as fun hanging out with them. And as sad as that may seem, that's that's reality. And that's the truth. But, you know, now when we go, um, you know, we, we get there, you know, half hour or so before the game starts. There's not any pre-gaming like there was before. And, um, you know, we get to really enjoy the, the total experience of going to a game or, or going to a basketball game or, you know, wherever it might be, whether it's, you know, the state park or, uh, you know, just taking a, a, a walk down the, the bike path. I mean, it, it, it comes down to being present with them. And that's not just a, a you know, a sober dad. It's, a, it's an every parent kind of thing, being present with your kids. And I, I know we're all guilty of being busy and we have things going on. We're checking our phones, we're checking our emails and whatnot. But the one thing that I've learned in sobriety is that, you know what? You're not going to get this time back with them because they're never going to be five years old again or 12 years old again or 16 years old again. 
they're going to grow up. They're going to grow up. And, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be able to spend quality time with my kids at these, at these sporting events. And you, you definitely have a different appreciation for things when you're not, you know, 15 beers in you, you look around and you, you know, you look at how green the Ivy is at Wrigley field or, or, you know, how impressive the, you know, the, the stadium is at uh, soldier field, even though I'm not a big fan of the architecture, but every time my, uh, my kids have been there, they, they marvel at it with the columns and whatever else. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that I know is that I actually enjoy the process, the process of the day, the process of driving in the car, the process of, you know, finding a parking spot, the process of, um, you know, walking into a packed stadium. It's, I enjoy that. I enjoy that now and I, I don't take it for granted. And um, you know, classic example is I, I took my five-year-old to the Cubs-Brewers game last summer up in Milwaukee, uh, Miller Park. Well, at least that's what I call it. I think it's American Family Park now. But anyway, um, if anybody's been up there, it's easy in, easy out. The parking's great and, and whatever else. And it's, it's definitely an easier place to watch a game. Uh, but got in there, got some great seats. Um, and, you know, my daughter was walking around and of course she's like daddy daddy let's go on this thing and you know they've got a million different things for kids to do there's slides there's pitching machines this that and the other thing and you know before I know I would have been irritable and impatient and not had any tolerance for that but you know my thinking was it's her day too. let her enjoy some of these things and we'll get we'll get to our seats eventually and we did and we did and we enjoyed the game, even though there was, if I remember right, there was no runs through seven innings, and we actually ended up leaving early because uh, you could tell she was kind of running out of steam, so to speak. And I remember we got out to the parking lot, and we were one of probably about six people that were out there. And she said, hey, Daddy, why are we the only, why are we the only people out here? And I looked at her, and I said, well, Time management, time management. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, we're just leaving a little bit early so we can, you know, you know beat the traffic. And she's like, oh, well, that's a good idea. And sure enough, about two minutes outside the parking lot, she was sound asleep in the back seat. Um, but, you know, just little things like that, you know, being a, a parent, and in my case, a sober parent, I've, I've learned to appreciate a lot more um, than I used to. And, you know, I guess you can kind of sum up the episode of what we're trying to, what, you know, what I'm trying to talk about here is that there's, there's a kind of before and after of, you know, sobriety and pre-sobriety. And, you know, the one thing that I, I don't want to do is look back and have any regrets because, like I said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't live in that neighborhood anymore. I've, I've moved on. But if, you know, if we can learn from our past mistakes and, you know, see those as teachable moments, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, then, then things are going to be all right. And, you know, I just know that, uh, you know, just being present and being in tune 
with what's going on in my kids' lives has enriched my life more than I will probably ever know. And, you know, and again, it's not to say that there's not days where I'm just like, geez, really? You're going to ask, you know, 14 different questions about the same thing? It happens. I get it. Everybody has those days or those moments where they're just like, oh, my, this is a little much. Come on. Can't we, can't we move on to something else? But, you know, it's, it's the way that, that, that we handle those things or that I handle those things is why life is so much better. Um, because I know that, again, like I said before, that they are not going to be five or 13 or 16 or 17 or 21 for the rest of their life. They're going to move on. They're going to do their own thing. And at some point, they're probably not going to uh, need you so much to so much to say, and you know I always want to be there for them and be able to be a, a sounding board, be a friend, be a father, be somebody that they can talk to, and um, you know that to me is one of the most rewarding parts about sobriety is the fact that being more present, whether. You're at a Cubs game with your kids, whether you're at a Bears game with your kids, or whether you're just sitting on the couch at home watching the 49th straight episode of Paw Patrol or or Bluey. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Because she's enjoying it, and I'm enjoying the fact that she's enjoying it. And that that's that's the major difference about uh, you know being a, a sober dad versus a non non-sober dad. So anyway, um, that's kind of the episode today. It was uh, a little lighter, a little shorter, but, um, you know, I, I, like I said before, I don't want to have every episode be extremely deep and extremely, you know, dark at some point, or, you know, some people might think it's dark, but I, you know, I kind of want to keep things light here and there. And, uh, we've got some good things lined up in the future. I've got some uh, guests that will be coming in the studio probably sometime this summer. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but the one thing that I do want to make sure that I ask you to do, and you know, I'll never, I'll never ask you to do much, but uh, today I just want you to you know, look in your kids' eyes and tell them that you love them, and give them a big hug. And they'll, you know, whether they're five or 25 or 55 or whatever, they might give you a look like, uh, what the hell's wrong? Uh, you know, are you dying, Dad? Or, you know, <laughs> did I do something wrong? But it will make you feel great. It will make you feel great. And, you know, growing up, I, I really didn't hear a lot of uh, I love yous and I'm proud of you from, from, from my old man because he was back from – the generation of you know no hugs and no um, no positive positive mentions of affection so to speak so you know just simple things like that I, I they people remember that kids remember that and uh, you know it will make you feel good as well and the other thing that I ask just uh, hey give your parents a call if you're lucky enough to have your parents still around um, give them a call. Stop by their house if they live close. Uh, you know, send them an email if that's their thing. But at least reach out to them because, as the as the song goes, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And you know, 
that's that's entirely true. And you know, whether you have a great relationship with your parents or no relationship with your parents, um, I just think it it'd be healthy for you, and they would get they would get a kick out of hearing from somebody that maybe they haven't heard from in a while. And you know, it would make it would make their day, and it would probably make your day as well. So that being said, that was episode number two. Sober at a Cubs game? I don't think so. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you got a little bit of something out of it. Hopefully you got a, a chuckle or two. And hopefully, you know, you, you got a different perspective on things. So I will talk to you in a couple weeks. And make sure that you have a great day. And be positive. Be helpful. And one thing, one last thing. Make sure to over-tip your waiters and bartenders. They're working their butt off. They're short-staffed. They do it for a living. If the, food's come, if the food comes out slow, it's not on the waiter or the bartenders or the servers. It's because they're, they're short-staffed. And uh, I, I, I say this as a public service message because I was, a, I was a waiter for a long time in a lot of different establishments. And, um, you know, a, a surprising 30 Forty percent tip makes makes somebody's day. It really does. They, it gives them a reason to kind of come back, so to speak, because they they're not used to that. Uh, you know, especially you know nowadays with with being short staffed and you know food might be coming out a little bit longer and and whatnot. But just try to do something like that. Just something simple to make somebody's day, and it'll make you feel good as well. But the key to doing that is you don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to. Hey, guess what? I just left somebody a 40% tip at the XYZ restaurant. No, you don't need to you don't need to share it. Just keep that one inside. Know that you did a good thing for somebody and you know, you probably made somebody's day. So, that being said, I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Have a great day. Have a great rest of the week and goodbye.